0: Welcome
3: into the Landry Football Podcast Network. This is the Landry Football Podcast. So excited to be with you. We like to take a look in the Landry Football Podcast. Um, We do a bunch of different shows here, of course, but uh, we like to take a look at some maybe some unique things that are maybe non specific. And today I thought it would be a good topic to go into play design, play call, play execution, understanding of all three and their reasons. That i want to get into that i uh, want to thank the folks at prize picks who are bringing you this show today and boy i can tell you if you are into playing fantasy football of any sort, just uh, putting a little something on the game and you want to have a lot of fun prize picks is the way to go you pick two to five players and if they go score more or less than their Prize pick projection you can win up to ten times your money on any entry there's no competing against other people it's you versus the projections. It's so much fun. They cover all the sports, um, that any that you can imagine, and entries could be made in 60 seconds or less. It's safe and fast withdrawals. It's a whole lot of fun. I, I can tell you that um, I think you will absolutely enjoy it. Just download the fix app or go to prizefix.com and sign up for a Play Daily Fantasy. And, oh, by the way, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, what does that mean? You put up a hundred dollars, they'll match that and give you a hundred dollars. Fifty, they'll match the fifty. Up to a hundred dollars. All you got to do is use the promo code Landry, L A N D R Y, L A N D R Y, all caps. That's where you want to go. So, I wanted to talk about play design, play call, and play execution. And it is non-specific to a particular play, but usually when there's a lot of hullabaloo on why did they call that play and all of that, there's certainly ample room. And I'm not going to speak to you from a, just a coaching viewpoint that's going to take up for coaches. There's a natural assumption that I would do that. And, And I think there's anybody that has heard me and have talked about a team not really doing a good job from a coaching standpoint. I will do that. I will make that known if i feel that but i want to bring out some generic thing now a lot of it the idea of maybe getting into this discussion today for you had a lot to do with the discussions about texas a m alabama the ending we all know how things played out in that game and and a reminder that you can get detailed film room analysis of each All the college game, all the pro game over at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you check them out with the football season sale. And if you want details specific to that game and uh, previews, um, subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network, and you can get a look at uh, uh, all of um, the work that we do there to break down specifics of uh, a specific game. But I'm going to talk a little bit about this, and that. So there was a lot of criticism of. Well, why did they call that play at the end well the play that was called was not run correctly does it mean that it was a good play call not saying that it is so let's get into uh, one thing play call let's go out of order here for a second what call play do you call there? in general in a critical moment you gotta score last play of the game you you got you, i mean it's a lot about not just your play but what you can execute and i think in critical moments you think players not place getting the ball in the hands of your best player your best playmaker is what you'd want to do now of course they're going to know that on the other side too but i still think you've got to have really good design in play to get your ball in the hands of the playmaker so that you can get it in. So it's not necessarily was the best play call. There are other options there, but I'm gonna get more into that in a second. The execution of the play is the biggest issue. It is far more important than the play call. The play call is the last thing you do. Think about it. You know, it's like sitting down to eat a meal. Well, you don't just if, if you either have to go out in, in a restaurant and get the meal served to you or you have to prepare for it yourself or you have to heat it up or whatever you got to do to have your meal but that's the last thing you do and it is going to be what you call is going to be directly correlated to how well you've designed plays in your playbook in your system and how well you execute it folks you can have the best-looking play call around if you can't execute it well, meaning your guys can't get it. You can't run it correctly. You don't run the damn play. So it is normal for the media and fans to say bad play call based on the result. Now, if that play or any play works, good play call. No, it's not a good play play call or bad play call necessarily. It's about execution and its design because those two things will determine what you want to call and when you want to call it. And so you have to, again, unless you understand what's going on in practice and what they're working on, uh, those are the things that I think are lost in it. If we just look at the result and I get it, it's results oriented. Now a coach is responsible for all of all of it. He and his staff play design, play execution, play call. So it doesn't uh, excuse them from the problem. So when you hear a coach say, look, the play was there. We just didn't make it. I say he's throwing the player under the bus. Well, in my mind, no, it's, you know, I would follow it up with saying, look, we had the right look we ran the right, we ran the right play, but we didn't execute it well. And it's my problem to make sure that my uh, issue and, and my fault that we didn't execute it correctly. I think it's important to understand why things work or why they don't work. And that's what coaching and scouting is. The whys. Everybody know that the play didn't work at the end of the a Alabama game. They don't know why it didn't work. A, Again, maybe they could have run a play for Devin uh in and, and that might have been a better play. Fair point. But let's just discuss the play that they did run. It was a three-by-one set. So in a three-by-one set, you're trying to get an isolation with the one. That's three receivers to one side, one receiver to the other side. What you're trying to do is get an isolation in man-to-man coverage, and they called what is basically a pylon route. Where the receiver has to run deep into the end zone, take the defender, and then break it off and come back to the pylon. It is an easy throw to make. It is, it allows you to get separation in man coverage, and it 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 gives you a real opportunity to have success. However, what is maybe not understood what happened in the in the game is Alabama did what we call change the leverage in the play. So going into the play. Um, Alabama's leveraging towards the boundary. That was the, the play call towards the boundary initially. When they saw it three by one, they changed the leverage, meaning they they moved the leverage towards the field with safety help. So the receiver is having a hard time getting depth. He should have fought, and obviously his job is to cross-face, but the defender now, is playing towards playing from the boundary into the field. So and and he's because he's got safety help. It's a lockdown, a little bit of a vice look coverage, and it's very difficult. Now you've got a quarterback that either didn't see it, and there were another option he he could have gone to and didn't see it. He wasn't taught what to do in that situation, which I highly doubt at this level that that was the case. Although <clears throat> people will take their shots at coaches, it's, you know, it's fine. They don't know, but they'll say it anyway. Or uh, you just you just didn't have um, the receiver run the route correctly, which he didn't. So you can look at the play call. It wasn't the worst play call. It wasn't the best. It's not the play call I would have run in that situation, and I would have had another simple option. I think they did have another option. Quarterback obviously wasn't prepared for it. That is another issue altogether. Still the fault of coaching because you've got to have the ability.
0: Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now.
2: Identify a problem.
0: Creating an audio ad is time-consuming.
2: Offer a solution.
0: Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
3: To teach and to have a quarterback functionally be able to make good pre-snap reads and make adjustments. Look, here's the thing. And I want to kind of get off that play. You understand what was on the play in general. But let me just now go into generics. So, when, and this is important to understand because I think in any game, any play, you go in with play design, which is how you design what you want to do in your system, your offense, your defense, your special teams, what you run, how you want to run it. that is proper play design if you do a good job with that you have to be really good at coaching it look having the 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 marker on the grease board last doesn't do a damn thing you can draw up great plays. it's how you take that play on the board how your players learn it how you teach it to them And then you take it to the practice field and how they're able to execute it. Look, we put together game plans with the idea in mind of what we're going to do. And you know how a game plan is formed. We'll do this one day. This will be a a topic one day. We'll go in more detail. But you go in with a lot of things that you're going to run. And you practice them. And based on how well you execute them, you keep them in or you take them out. You'll funnel down the practice plan. That's why you have practice. You have installs, but we're constantly, as coaches, throwing stuff out the playbook for that week. You know why? Because we can't run it right. We've got a good design, but we can't get it blocked right. we got it blocked right, but we don't, we don't trust the route being run the, right, the correct way or the back hitting it or seeing it or the quarterback issues. These are issues that you go through and you have to take certain things out of your your playbook for that week. It's a great play, it's a great design, but if you can't execute it, then you can't call it. So you can't call it cuz you can't execute it. So it's it's a it's a it's a chicken egg thing. You in order to call it, okay? You then have to practice it well enough to be comfortable that you can execute it. So play design is the first thing. Play execution is the second thing in practice. And then play call is the last thing. But here's the thing. There's play execution that comes back again. You might run it perfectly in practice against the scout team look. But defensively, let's say if you're talking about offense against a defense, they may cause you some problems. And they have difficulty you have difficulty executing it as well as you did in practice. So I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding and I want to go into um, more details uh, about it here in a second, but I want to remind you again, about our, you know, a great fins at Price Pick. As, you know, it is something that I think is fun. And I think this is fun for you as a fan to get involved and and, and try to anticipate, uh, and it goes along the lines of what we're talking about with how certain players are going to play and perform in a certain game. And here's how it works. You pick two to five players, and uh, and if they will go score more or less than their prize pick projection. So there's a projection, and you're betting against it. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry and no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, basketball, you name it. Boxing, uh, everything. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. All you got to do is download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LANDRY. That's all caps, as I mentioned earlier, L-A-N-D-R-Y. If you deposit $100, price fix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price fix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LANDRY. That's how you can get that. That's L-A-N-D-R-Y, all caps. Sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. They're fun. I'm telling you, I think you're going to love it. It's going to make your enjoyment of the game that much better. So I want to get back into kind of as you go together with with play design and where you go um, with your play design. It has a lot to do with your philosophy, but certainly should be reflective of your personnel. So as you sit there and you have your team and you're working in the offseason and through camps and things, you work on a lot of things in spring and into their early fall to try to figure out what is going to be best or this is the way it should be to best utilize your players in some cases it's more about this is what we want to do and we need to find guys that can run this there's different variables of how much you adjust to your personnel or your personnel adjust to what you want to do it's a little bit different it varies uh, in, in different coaching staffs but you put things in and you have your base. And think of your base offense, defense, special teams like a tree trunk. Okay, that's your base. You need to do those things very well. I mean, just think about any job you have. You've got to know fundamentally this is what you have to do, how you have to do it, the basic um, uh, you, you know setup for that system, and then all the branches. Are extensions still part of that tree, but you can go in different directions. The more things you can do successfully, the more things you can put in. So you have a lot of things in your playbook, but what you end up doing is you end up focusing on the things that you do well. And the more things that you can do well, the better you're able to attack an opponent and have multiple ways to beat an opponent. So that is all part of it. That comes down to play design is, in my opinion, the easiest thing that you can do. Because as coaches, you're professionals. You've, in most cases, been around a lot of systems. In my case, been around the game a long time. You know a whole lot of things that you can design. What is difficult is the play execution. And that's getting your guys to know it. Think about this. Um... professor in college or a teacher in high school whatever they know their subject matter it doesn't matter if they know their subject matter i mean it does matter they have to have the subject they have to have the knowledge to teach it right but you know where i'm going with this just because they know it you can't just sit there and telepathically just say now you will know it as well as i do it doesn't work that way. you've got to be able to teach it god Bless my algebra teacher. You know, he knew it, but getting me to understand it was difficult. And how do you get your players to understand it? Well, it's complex. It is about teaching. It's, you know, you've got to mesh the blocking scheme versus the routes, versus the versus the run game, how you do it, how you block it, how you hit it. It all stems from the, the baseline of what you do, but it's how well you teach it. Okay, it's good. We've got it, except we're having trouble with this. Are there other players that can handle it better? Do we have a problem because we have a deficiency at a certain position that this guy can't run and it's holding everybody back? Kind of like you've got maybe a student in class that are two that just are not getting it, and, you know, the other 50 students in the class get it. Well, then there are two things you can do. You can simplify, go slower to get the other two up to speed, which can certainly retard the development of the other students in the class, or you can maybe work to see if you can get the other two some tutorial to get them up to speed so that you don't slow down the rest of them. Those are things that obviously, from a teaching standpoint, educators will understand that really well, and anybody that's been in school and had children in school understand how that plays out. It's no different in coaching. So you've got to find a way because you're only good as your weakest link. So how, what can you run that you've designed that's going to work with the personnel that you have and how is that going to mesh? That's what is the importance of play execution. Then once they understand it, and some guys don't really work well with seeing it on the board and visual learning, they have to go on the field and learn it. So you can go through walkthroughs. And you and you, they understand it. Then okay, they see it. That's a, you know, that's how that is. I mean, you can show somebody how to use a certain tool and work on a a certain um, product. You can tell them, you can show them in a book, but in the lab, it's maybe a little bit easier, and they may get it then. So the lab for us is the practice field, uh, the the classroom, the lab, and then obviously the test is the game. So it's that concept. So play design is pretty easy, and that can be like a 100 podcasts in itself on how you design certain plays and how they work and how you teach. But when you get to the play design, that is the real key. What can you run successfully? Now, the, the key is you've got to rep it enough in practice so that it becomes routine. Or as the saying goes, we like to use, coaching a lot of us you don't rep it till you get it right you rep it till you can't get it wrong it's just i mean think about something that is human nature do you think about how to tie your shoe no you just tie your shoe there was a point in time when you were a kid where you learned how to tie your shoe for the first time and maybe you had to think about it and take your time and it was slow now you do it real quick. Now you do it standing on one leg. Well, I mean, it's 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 second nature. You need to get things to where they're second nature. Now, what's the best way to do it? I've always felt like uh, if you need to modify how you do it, I would have less plays.
0: Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.
1: Define an opportunity.
0: Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now.
2: Identify a problem.
0: Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
3: But I'd have different formation and personnel groupings. meaning. You can make it look different to the opposition, but you can simplify it for your team by saying, there are less things you need to learn on what you need to do. We're just going to put window dressing to make it look different. And I think some of the great teams, the Nebraska teams of Tom Osborne are a perfect example. They didn't run a whole lot. They were very small number of plays, but they will change a little bit. And because they had the same people teaching it for so long, and they develop players. It became easy to learn, and with good athletes and repetition, successful. In today's game, it's a little bit different. Of course, you're bringing in a lot of players and getting some experienced guys. When we look at players all the time, people say transfer portal, bring this guy in, do this, do that. And the guy may have a lot of talent, but he's going to come in, and you're going to get one year out of him, and you're going to bring him into a different system. You know, he may have a lot of talent, but is it going to retard your development of your whole team because he's now going to have to learn essentially a new way of doing it, a new language. You've got to think that through. So you've got to see, okay, study film, not only to see how good he is and how productive, but does, does he come from a system that he's going to easily adapt and understand? And then you got to do your homework. Is he a type of guy that's going to work hard and he's smart enough to learn it? So, That is all a part of play design. Play execution, as I mentioned, goes hand in hand with it. You've got to rep that in the classroom. Until they know it in the classroom, you need to know it. And sometimes you can even do it in the classroom setting to walk it through. You need to test your players, you need to give them tests. You need to ask them questions. You need to give them written tests. You need to give them on the iPad so that they understand what you're teaching. If they don't understand what you're teaching them, then it's not going to make sense when they go out on the practice field. If they can get it, but they still are a little bit fuzzy, that's when the practice field and the walkthroughs get. Oh, I get it now. I, I get it. So this angle, and I mean, this is what you mean about the ninety degree angle, and you know that direction. You need to give them the visual in the classroom, and then you need to give them the visual and the motor skills in the lab, the practice field, and once they're able to do that and you can rep it, and you do it in walkthroughs. Then you do it with light speed. Then you do it at regular speed, and you do it over and over again and over and over again and over and over again to where you're really good. Then you become comfortable in calling. it. But you still have to have guys that you're comfortable with executing it in the game, particularly in critical moments. Now you have to factor in all of the checks so now we've got systems we've got a play or a series of plays that i'm referring to and there's a there's a a book of well playbooks now are, are digital but in, in binders they're this thick okay every one of those things have checks okay based upon the look that you're seeing on the other side of the ball whether it's defense to offense offense the defense but you will make adjustments you've got to understand all those checks what do they mean that's important to understand. Uh, and and you got to know nomenclature. So if I call Green right X shift to Viper right 382 X sticks looking, well, that's a standard call. But what does it mean? Well, there's a lot of things. It's the the order is the formation, the play type, the offensive line protection, the scheme, and the cadence. So you got to know what all of that means, and all of that means maybe something different. But that's the order of how you do it. Those things are important. Um, You got to make adjustments. The quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage. The reason why quarterbacks yell blue eighty, green eighty before a play because these are audible signals. So if I say you know uh, blue fifteen, well, what does that mean? Okay, a play is called in the huddle. You run, you go into the line of scrimmage. The quarterback sees an alignment that's different when he thought. So the play in the huddle, we got to nix that, and we got to go to another play. You've got an audible sheet. You may have as many as 80 80 audible plays in a game. Okay. So, he yells blue is the hot signal. So, he comes to the line of scrimmage. You got to determine what's the hot signal. Okay, in the first quarter it might be blue. The second quarter it might be red. The third quarter it might be green, whatever. So, if you go to the if the the hot signal is blue in the first quarter and i come to the line of scrimmage and yell blue 80 blue 80 that means you cancel the play that i just called in the huddle and we're running the 80th play on our audible sheet not as easy as you think you got to know a lot all right so what is 80 Well, everybody knows what eighty is you know if the protection is everybody has their assignment they know blue 80 blue 80. now if the hot signal is blue in the first quarter and you come up the line of scrimmage and say green 80 green 80 green 80 green 80 what does it mean nothing it's a dummy call because the hot signal is blue green doesn't mean anything here it means you run the play that we call in the huddle so don't know that um those are the type of things you're looking at The quarterback will set the protections at the line of scrimmage in most cases, the mic backer sets the protections for both the run and the pass play. When the quarterback points out the mic linebacker, he's letting the offensive line know where to count starts. So, this is pivotal for the offensive line to understand who they're blocking if a blunt or, or if a stunt or a blitz happens. So, that's why they call uh, 52's the mic, 52's the mic. You know, that's what you're looking at. Um, if you're looking at, um, the checks you're looking at the understanding do you have the players that can make the adjustments and understand what you're gonna uh what you're gonna adjust to and you have a deep understanding of how to adjust based on what's happening then you're in better position to call more plays now it is not an excuse for a coach because you've got to get them comfortable with running as much as you can the best way to do it again is to put as much on their plate that they can handle and figure that out. And then if they're struggling with it, then do less and camouflage it more and then gradually add more. The other thing is you should get better as the year goes along. You're practicing in September, September 15th. Look at how many cumulative practices you've had. I mean, if you're working in algebra and it's the nine week, you know, period of, of learning. Well, you should know more on week eight than week four. Football's no different. You think about every practice as a building block to the next practice and the next and the next. So you should be a lot better in November. You know, people watch games and they think it's just, you know, there's a whole lot that goes into cooking that meal behind the scenes. So you bank practice after practice after practice in November, you're going to be in a lot better position, a lot more comfortable adding stuff to the plate, which is why well-coached teams get better as the year goes along. Now, what happens if you have a lot of injuries at a certain spot? Well, guess what? Now you can't, in, in fact, sometimes you may have to reduce what you do because what you were good running All of a sudden, guys in the backup role are not as comfortable with it. There are more mistakes, and therefore, you have to create a scenario where there's going to be less mistakes, less confusion. So keep it simple. Stupid is the the moniker, but you can't be so simplified that you're easy to defend on the other side, and I mean, you know. You're easy to attack on the other side, whether it's defense to offense, offense to defense, or on either uh, part of special teams, either side of special teams. So I think that's really important. Now, play calls. Here's the other thing on play calls. And this is the last part of this because I think I've gone through play design and play execution, play execution and practice execution. Uh, Play calls. You go in with a game plan based upon what you have thought based on your scouting of your opponent what will work best and how well you're able to practice that during the week again if you've got a handful of plays that you think are great but you can't execute them in practice you're not going to execute them well in the game so you throw them out and you got to run things that you think are going to work against if that you can run so you've got to go in with your call shit. You see those a lot. So you have that. But as the game unfolds, based upon how things are developing, what plays are working, what plays are there that we missed, put a little mark by it. And so you want to go back to that against a certain look. All of a sudden, they're running different looks than you prepared for, because they obviously are maybe doing things a little different. You have to be prepared for that. You might have to, okay, look, We've got some things that we think now can work maybe a little bit better, and, and we're going to call that because they're running a different front than we thought. They're running a little bit more uh, zone coverage than man coverage. You're, they're playing a lot of two-deep man manovers. So we're going to run a lot of crossing routes where we weren't really prepared to do that because we didn't, th- we didn't think they would be playing a lot more straight zone against us. So you can make the adjustments on, on a lot of different things. Uh, you may feel like you're gonna have a hard time running, but all of a sudden their three technique goes out of the game. And you're now blocking that a lot more easily than you thought you would. You know, might run the football a little bit more. So you have to make the adjustments in the course of the game. But the adjustments that you make are how you're playing, how they're playing you schematically and how effective they are executing. So you throw all of that into the hopper, and this is kind of what you want to do, but you still Start from the foundation of what is your play design? Have you designed it well? Have you have you, uh, have you you executed it well in practice? Then that allows you to call it. Now, you've got a whole bunch of things you could call, but you're limited to the things that you think are going to work, and you have some things that you can use depending upon how they play it. And then you go into that. But at the end of the day, when you do that, even though you've got something that's worked well all week in practice, you still have to execute. You got a coverage that you like to run. You've got a blitz that you like to run. All of a sudden, you 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 have a false read. You make a mistake. You got two guys in one gap defensively on a blitz, and you got a gap that's free. You know, you say, "Well, you, that's dumb." You ran a blitz there. No, it's not dumb that you ran a blitz there. It's not dumb that you ran a stunt there. You didn't. It's dumb that you didn't execute it right. So you. Either didn't either coaching it or allowing it to happen so you didn't coach it right or they didn't understand it right whatever the case may be it was a problem and it leads to issues so I just think those things are hopefully gives you an idea of what takes place and that it's not always don't fall into the lazy dumb it's always a bad play call if it doesn't work I have made calls that where I think, man, in in retrospect after I called it, I, I never say this is a bad play call. I'm gonna call this, but you call it, and all of a sudden, you realize it's not gonna work. and I wish I had that over. And then it is wildly successful because they may have made a mistake on the other side of the ball, and all of a sudden you look like a genius. I'm looking at it, I know that's a bad play call and 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 here's why, and I got away with it. But that's not, that's a bad play call. That's bad on me. Then I've had other cases where you make a call and it's a perfect setup. We got everything we want, but we don't execute it. Well, that's not a bad play call. i got to go back and say, why wasn't it executed? Why wasn't it blocked correctly? Why did the back go to the wrong way? Why did the receiver not run the route, uh, you know, nine and a half yards instead of dropping it off at nine? That makes a difference. So we got to go back to what did we teach it? Why did he cut it off short? You got to communicate with the player. Why did you do that? We go over this in practice. You know it's nine and a half. And why did you go not I mean, you have to, you know, gotta go back and you gotta work it. And you gotta work it so that whatever you call will work. You give me a play that you can execute with my best playmakers, I'm gonna make a good play call. But being creative and we're gonna run this and that everybody loves that well run the statue of liberty do this and that that's all great if you don't execute it well it looks like an idiot you can't run things you don't know how to do you have to know how to do it you have to work it and you have to be in a position to call it so don't be the lazy fan out there don't be the one that says well that's a dumb call it might have been a dumb call okay but what are the other options what would you have called? Well, I don't know. Well, I would have given it to given it to this guy. That's not a play call, okay? Because they probably know that he's going to get the ball anyway. So what is the play? Well, I, I might have done something. No, no, no. What would you do? How would you do it? And if they take that away, what check do you have on that that you could run? Be specific. Most people don't. They just say, don't play call. Do something different. Um, And you get a lot of even ex-players say things about this and that. They're just looking at it, and they're seeing the game from their view of how they were coached. But I can tell you that seeing the game as a player, which I was, is a different lens than when you become a coach, where you've got a much, you know, 30,000-foot view and down into – to individual specificity that a player doesn't understand. And then scouting is another different lens, which is different than coaching. And when you can put it all together, you see things in in a a number of different angles that help you to get a good feel for it. Um, And so I think that it's important to understand that, that it's not always a bad play call. Um, It's a bad play call. If it's a good play call and you can't execute it, then it's a bad play. You shouldn't call that. If it's a if it's a play call that would work against the, the opponents, and I want to say offense because it's it's same thing applies to defense. But if let's say offensively against a defense, and and you don't have it coached up right, it's going to end up being a bad play call. Even though it's a good play, if it's not executed, it's a bad play call. And I think that's important to understand that you can't call a play unless you've got it executed. But here's the thing I'd like to end with. If you practice it and you're good at running that play, sometimes somebody on the other side of the line of scrimmage just makes a play. They're just a little bit better than you. And even though you've got a really good play call, and even though it's great design, and even though it's the great play call, somebody just beat you. Somebody's just better somebody just executed better, they're more talented. So it is fine to criticize coaches, but I do think it would be uh, beneficial as a fan and as media to learn a little bit more about the process. Hopefully we have been able to uh, provide some of that to you today so that you get a more educated view of exactly what goes on, so that you're not just in a generic sense, just riding the wave of what everybody else says about bad play call that you know exactly what goes into it and what makes a good play call a bad play call and how does the execution affect all of it hope that's a good look for you i would remind you again to subscribe like and share um the landry football podcast network and give us your feedback also reminder to check out our good friends at prize picks Bringing the show today, remember download the prize Picks app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play Daily Fantasy Sports. It's so much fun. Again, you pick two to five players, and if they'll score more or less than the prize pick projections, tons of fun. First time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code Landry. That's all caps. L-A-N-D-R-Y. If you deposit a hundred, prize picks will give you a hundred. If you deposit fifty, Prize picks will give you fifty dollars. So Don't forget to enter the promo code LANDRY, all caps, L A N D R Y, and sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100 today. Hey, uh, check us out on the Landry Football Podcast Network and landryfootball.com, where we're going to break down all the games, all the teams, college and NFL. So you want to make sure that you join us there. We got it all covered for you. Um, uh, You know, we've got the big matchups in college. We're going to be breaking down, obviously, in the NFL. We've got to break down all the matchups. So check it out at LandryFootball.com today. Take advantage of our football season sale. Hey, appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Spread the word. This has been the Landry Football Podcast on the Landry Football Podcast Network. So long, everybody.
0: Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.